0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Over the Hook, the podcast that aims to provide you with a dose of midweek motivation to finish your week off strong. I'm your host, Christopher Morgan. Feel free to call me Chris, and this is episode number 16: Making a Difference. In this episode, I have the opportunity of speaking with Vanessa Henry, Director of Education at the Oxford Learning Center and founder of the Kids Matter Movement. Vanessa has dedicated a large part of her life to the mandate of inspiring youth and providing them with the tools to craft their own stories in an effort to build a positive future for themselves. Join us as we discuss her motivations behind her work and how her humble beginnings inspired her to pave the way for others. Enjoy. All right, everybody, thank you so much for joining us yet again. I am so excited for our next guest. Uh, It's going to be Vanessa Henry. Now, Vanessa comes to us with a ton of experience. Uh, She is the Director of Education at the Oxford Learning Center and the founder of the Kids Matter movement. But instead of me stealing all the thunder, I'll uh, obviously pass it off to Vanessa and let her introduce herself. So, Vanessa, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. If you can go ahead and tell us a little bit about uh, who you are and what you do.
1: Hi. Well, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for that generous introduction. Um, so, like Christopher said, I am currently the education director at Oxford Learning. So, it's a tutoring company that really prioritizes ourselves. On- Teaching independent learning, but it goes above to also teach um, skills that we don't learn in school, such as confidence, self esteem, and how we can actually apply that to our work and be enthusiastic about learning, as well as just building those baby steps that sometimes we miss in school. Um, Whereas with Kids Matter movement, I'm working with a completely different demographic of children who are actually, um, they come from a low socioeconomic background. um, And just really encouraging them again with the confidence to engage with learning, but it's very different because they're not given the opportunities that other middle-class families would be given. So every year we go to those communities and do a backpack drive um, it really is more of a celebration and a party. We have a barbecue and I'm excited to back to school. Um, we do offer different programming um, and we always do some form of event or contest throughout the year. This year, unfortunately with COVID, we were unable to do a backpack drive. So we did a book drive instead and it was specifically for Black youth or anybody who identified as being a black student from jk to 12 i'm just really prioritizing them to be able to see themselves in um, narratives and books that are lacking in their current education
0: i think that's so fantastic and i think it's 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 good that you're involved in in both of those things i truly believe that in society if if we focused a little bit more on on education and and really focused on providing people the tools of learning and giving them the knowledge i think a lot of our problems would generally just fix themselves
1: mm-hmm. uh-huh. i think the the large thing in education too is that we're not actually giving students the one-on-one attention that they need so there is no room for them to get excited about certain topics because if they're not excelling at the pace the rest of the classes are excelling, they're seen as behind, opposed to actually working with them until they understand and then they're able to get excited about what they're learning. It's hard to get excited uh-huh. about what they're learning too when the history and even just simple like, math equations don't reflect your interests, like work, problem, work problems. You wanna be able to see yourself in the work that you're doing. 100%.
0: I think that's very well said. Now, I'm curious. So you started off your professional and educational journey in studying criminology with a minor in politics and governance. So how did you end up where you are now?
1: That's a great question. Um, I think it's just because I kept uh, all of my opportunities open and I said yes to things that challenged me. Um, Uh So early in my university career, I became a researcher and that's not something I ever thought of. Um, I was raised in a family where it was really pushed for me to go to law school um, and to like take a traditional job. Um, So education wasn't really necessarily pushed to become a teacher or prof. It wasn't something that was um, kind of pushed me into what I needed to go into but in university there was a lot of professors who saw um a talent in me and believed in me and who encouraged me to take up opportunities that were present so i did and then i fell in love with teaching researching and um showing other people how they could take up space and enter into the educational spaces as well um and then that led me to founding kids matter it led me into a field of research, now the field of education. Originally, I wanted to be a lawyer, which also very research um, based.
0: I think all of that is fantastic. And I think there's a great lesson in there. I think, you know, we learn to operate within certain structures within society. And obviously, we get downloaded from things from our parents and our communities and whatnot. And there is almost this Type of rigid planning, and I think what you're talking about is just a good lesson for everybody to, at some point in your adulthood, just be open, keep your eyes, ears, and your heart open uh, to the things that you love and the opportunities around you, and you'd be surprised the path that you can actually end up on, and it could change things not just for the better of yourself, but for your uh, surrounding community and whatnot as well. Yeah,
1: beautifully put.
0: All right, so next question. Um, what would you say are some of the challenges that you faced trying to keep the program running at uh, Kids Matter Movement?
1: Okay, so this is very interesting um, because once we got it up and running to flourish, and the problem was that we actually didn't have enough supplies to sustain all the children who started to come out to our backpack drive. Oh, wow. So we've been operating for three years. So in the beginning, I was very consumed. And because I am someone who loves structure, loves advice, I was going to a lot of people. And the feedback that I was getting was become a non-for-profit, become a charity. And it was so many people putting certain thoughts into my mind. And at the time, I was like, oh, this is great. Um, And it's so great until you try to operate a government website and try to fill out forms. And at the same time, um, I was in second year university, so I had the stresses of living in a city alone, the stresses of trying to do something good for my community, of trying to become a prophet, and that was very overwhelming mm-hmm. uh, for the individual because I also didn't have a team. Mm-hmm. Um, my team was just a couple of my friends and my brother who saw this need that and we just wanted to address it, but. Um, in second university, the only job I had was um, working at um, LMS and Tim so I'm not necessarily the most qualified person at this time to um, create a non-for-profit, or I, mean, I don't have the resources available to me to create a non-for-profit. So I was like, okay, this is maybe a 10-year goal, but this is it for me right now, so once I stopped listening to other people and there's just really focused on what I could do and my capacity, then we realized we could make this into a summer program. That uh, funding, GoFundMe, which is great. That service actually allows you to generate money from just other community members. And then what we just were kind of doing it like a pilot to see, one, people would donate because if people don't donate, we weren't, and be able to do it. And at first year of our backpack drive, my brother and I paid everything out of pocket um, mm. because we just really believed in making it happen. And we didn't really understand all the logistics of um, organizing and campaigning. And mm. then the next year, I was super involved in school, um, got involved in a lot of um, campus groups and course unions. And then I understood how to plan for an event. Um, I also worked at Johnson & Johnson, um, the company the year before. Um, Uh So they're like the number one pharmaceutical company in Canada. And then I understood how to work independently, how to be an intern, how to um, work for something serious and be able to organize my schedule, but also work for other people on a more serious level. So Uh I think all of those things helped me to become a better organizer. And then we got a team. And then the next year, the backpack drive um, flourished. It was a success. There's um, about 200 people that came, or sorry, we had 200 backpacks, but about 300 people came. Um, so that one was a little overwhelming. And then of course, we're here this year. So it was really, I would say, once you know, just always listen to yourself because in the beginning it was intimidating going to the government site. So once we decided that we were, going to be a movement not get in the way of um like having to deal with any paperwork that way we could directly impact our community and then we'll be transparent about the funds we'll post it on our website so everyone knows where their money was going i think it built up a lot of trust for the people who are donating a lot of trust for um the kids who are getting backpacks and we really made it work because we kept it in the community we didn't go over heads where mm. we couldn't handle it. Um, so now because we had a system, we started to flourish and it's been really good. Whereas this year with the books, um, same thing, a lot of people were applying for the books and um, it got overwhelming because our whole team isn't together. So it was me um, writing and sending off all the book boxes. So now that we're getting back and COVID is slowly allowing us to see each other, hopefully we can start um, sending off um, book boxes and groups.
0: That is so fantastic. And again, I mean, congratulations to you for the fantastic work that you're doing. It's necessary, it's needed, and obviously it's making an impact and people are excited about it. And I think there's so much good that you said, yet again, so much good there. And I think it's one of those things that's like, you know, when, you know, I'm a greedy eater and I guess there's that saying, something like um, your eyes are bigger than your stomach. I think you could very much apply that mentality to your life and work. You know, sometimes it's so easy to get absorbed within your passion that you lose sight of some of the important things. A true analysis of what your resources are and a true analysis of your personal capacity and the capacity of others is essential in ensuring long-term success. I love what you said hey, look, I was listening to a lot of other people and I went with it and it didn't work. So I had to dial back and just listen to myself. And I truly believe that deep down, more often than not, most people know truly the steps that they should take. It's just, you know, things get a little bit difficult sometimes when you're hearing some other feedback. And I would never I would never give the advice to anybody not to listen to what others are saying. But I think, again, you have to apply and look at assess your resources. You also have to look at your own capacity and the person that has to decide whether or not the timing is right, when and how you execute the only person that is able to make that decision is you. And I think you did that beautifully. And I think it's, um, you know, a great example of success. Yeah.
1: I think it like what you're saying too, is advice is always good. You can never Mm -hmm. get bad advice because it can be applied to your life in different stages. And I, I do believe that. So when I for me, I like to talk to successful people because that is where I was striving to be at the time. Mm-hmm. But also you have to keep in mind that successful people are going to talk to you like you're at their level. Mm-hmm. Um so at the time I was talking to people who actually did find non-for-profits. So they were like, yeah, I did it. Um why don't you do it? Like these are the steps that you take. And the information they were giving me was so great. Mm-hmm. but I wasn't at the place in my life because I was in school full time. I was working full time. I didn't have, um, and again, I'll, like this is a common word I say is the capacity to do it. And I could have pushed myself to do it, but it probably wouldn't have been healthy and mm-hmm. kids matter probably wouldn't have sustained over the years because I would have got burnt out and might not have wanted to continue with it.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, that's yeah. Such great stuff there. Now, you had mentioned, Vanessa, that one of the things that you work on is building youth confidence. Why do you feel that that is important?
1: So I'm going to speak through my lens and what I have observed. So I actually come from a family of five. Um, so I have four siblings. I'm the second of five. Mm-hmm. And you would think that all of our educational education experiences are very similar but they're actually not they're very different mm-hmm. um i was someone who my teachers would actually like joke with me and be like oh vanessa you're a lawyer's daughter like just stop like you asked too many questions and i remember when a teacher said that to me i actually went home crying because i worked very hard um she got the grades i did my mom was actually a, she was a teenager when she got pregnant with me And I didn't actually have that support at home. She worked very hard. I'm very grateful for her parenting style. But um, when I went home, I would like study my, I don't want to swear, can I swear? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I would study very hard to not impress anybody but myself because Mm -hmm. I wanted to be on the honor roll. I wanted to know that I could be a lawyer or be anything that I wanted to be because the kids in my community, never got those opportunities. I never saw anyone who was that version of success where I grew up. Um, uh-huh. And so when teachers thought of me as someone who was raised successfully and raised by um, really wealthy parents, it discouraged me because it was the idea that a kid from um, a like ghetto area couldn't achieve what um, these Wealthy kids could. So Mm -hmm. my siblings, some of them would wear Jordans and they were on the basketball team. It wasn't that I didn't like those things. I just was a nerd. (laughs) So I I was someone who would wear like corduroys and golf shirts because that was just my personality. I was like a young Sheldon, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So in my household, I got I got picked on a little bit, but. So when I went to school, they were like, of course, this girl's like rich, look at what she's wearing. And then my siblings got really kicked on, but not by students. Um, Teachers really pushed them out of their classrooms and discouraged them. Um, My older sister, she got 100% in grade 10 science, um, which is incredible. And yet she got a stream to the college level and then always felt like she couldn't be Uh, university kid because in high school they have like college and university levels Uh so when she got strained to the college level it's a lot harder for you to go to university and for you to have those opportunities same thing with my younger sister and my brother they got really pushed out and discouraged from um, liking math and english and just history like basic subjects and then you go into my community and why i actually found kids matters because In my first year of university, I started in criminology, learning more about systems, figuring things out. And instead of just reading textbooks, I started to apply what I was learning and really diving deep and kind of analyzing where I came from. And the kids in my community, I was one of probably three people who went to university. Uh And there's probably 70 kids I grew up with. So three out of 70 is a very low number. So I just wanted to know why that was. So it actually started as a research project for me just to figure it out. So I started talking to all my friends from different levels. So so like kids who were four years older than me, kids who were four years younger than me, because I didn't want to base it off the kids who were in my household. I just didn't want to base Uh it off my siblings. So then I found out that the reason why some kids were dropping out of school who didn't want to continue, who dropped out of university, who couldn't get accepted to university was they just never believed that they could go to these places. So Uh for me, it's all about telling kids that they can be anything because if we tell wealthy kids that, what's the difference between telling kids who are poor the same thing? Because in fact, it's actually, in in my opinion, that's kind of a better story I just like quote Drake, like starting from the bottom, and mm-hmm. you made it up. That's a story I would want to listen to. Not, oh, my daddy was wealthy; he gave me a job. Now I'm I'm rich. That's not yeah. for me. That's <laughs> not as entertaining. Um, wow. I I just really had people who believed in me. So putting that same energy into kids who don't have that support system at home or don't have the resources to achieve their goals, because. Um, their parents can't help them with homework, is something where I I acted as a liaison and I said, well, hey, I can. I'm university educated, I can help you study. Um, Uh I can help you get a job because now I'm connected with this person. How can I help you reach your goal? And if it's as simple as getting you a backpack where you feel confident enough to go to school because you have the resources to, I'm gonna get that for you. Because I just Uh want you to be comfortable in spaces and be able to use your voice in spaces because i feel a lot of time being not only a colored person but being poor the way in which you look is really discouraging when everyone else around you looks rich they feel like it just gives you that extra confidence boost. so um the way you look the way you talk those are things that can actually change Um, Mm -hmm. besides like the color of your skin but appearance you can alter and if it's just about getting you to appear as intelligent and then actually become intelligent I'm going to help you achieve that because I know that it does make a difference. Kids Matter was just emphasizing that like not only kids who excel in school matter but all kids matter. It's actually a human um, on the, the United Nations Um, They say all children should be presented with the same opportunities. So I just think that it's ironic that every country doesn't actually emphasize that. Like, yeah, it's mandatory to go to school. But what's happening when we're in these schools? Are we giving kids the same attention? Are we giving kids the same resources they need to succeed?
0: Oh, I think you said so many things so beautifully. And thank you for sharing that story through your lens. because it's 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 tough I mean obviously we we had a little bit of a conversation before jumping into this one, and I was confiding in you and something and just looking for some for some input, but essentially, these conversations are just around you know these these structures that exist in society that work really well for some people and that don't work so well for others and what are we going to do to kind of you know just look at that and and break some of that down so that we're actually providing equal opportunity for for everybody and it's so it's refreshing to to have someone like you Vanessa that has kind of gone through the ringer and is now trying to pave the way for other people hopefully we get to a place where some of these appearance things or even just the choices or non-choice of someone how they articulate themselves. Hopefully down the line, those things matter less and we're able to look through the surface and truly see the value of what exists within every individual. It's a hot topic, for sure. All right, I got a couple other questions for you before the lightning round. So um, obviously one of the things um, that you do within the Oxford Learning Center, and I guess as well, too, um, within um, the Kids Matter movement, is that you work a lot with children. Um, what advice do you have um, for our current parents and our future parents that would help them raise their child? Oh, this is a great question. So,
1: today I actually did an assessment conference. So, what that means is I sit down with a parent one on one Uh and talk to them about um, how their child scored on our academic assessment and what workbooks we're going to give them and how we'll help them achieve a certain level of confidence, but also improve their academic life and just like improve their personal goals. So, this this parent asked me and he was the first one to and I've had a couple like a few of these already this month and he goes how can I teach him better at home because I just get so frustrated with him um because I he's not doing it the way I want to and you can tell that because I'm trying to teach him I he just doesn't want to and something that my mom did really well is sometimes you don't need to teach as uh-huh. as a parent. Sometimes you just need to be there and you just need to listen. Um, uh-huh. So if I was to give parents advice right now on kind of just helping their kids with that motivation and and esteem, and self-esteem is not projecting. Your child is not you. Um, uh-huh. So what? Like I feel like a lot of parents right now are trying to live not their lives through their children, but trying so hard for their kids not to take the same path as them and uh-huh. just let things happen. They have to experience um, things for themselves, but just be there and don't discourage them from wanting to learn. And when they are discouraged, make learning fun and make what they don't like fun by just listening to them, engaging them, figure out what they like and try to um, implement that in the time you spend with them Uh because again with the projection piece we're trying so hard to make everyone like the things that we like but sometimes if you just really listen to them they'll they'll tell you and you'll actually be interested in what they're doing um a little boy taught me how to play Pokemon and I never in my wildest dreams thought I would be (laughs) interested in that so sometimes you just have to sit with them learn what they're doing and once you do take the like time to work with your child learn what they want just play those silly games with them they'll come to you for more things and that I think that will be the building blocks of actually having a relationship with your child um not being afraid to be silly with them and play with them I think especially at those ages and then when you get into the teenage stage what I really wished would happen What happened with my mom and we have conversations all the time and laugh about it but just stop kind of policing me stop telling me what to do and uh-huh. when i'm at the age to make my own decisions allow me to make it make them and if there's a consequence just be there for me when i fall uh-huh. and help me get back up and i think a lot of parents are doing better at that but it is important because if we don't fall on our own In our teenage years and we're sent off to a university in a different city, it's going to be a lot harder because we've never had to deal with that emotional distress. So sometimes Uh you just got to let us go through it.
0: I love that. I think there's real value in not overprotecting because that's when your child is truly going to learn how to fly. Right. So yeah, very well said so you obviously work a lot with with the youth and I think that's so impressive and I think it's very important. Are there any lessons that you try to uh, impart to the youth that you feel also apply to adults?
1: Oh, 100%. I feel like a lot of times, um, so when I'm working with youth, a lot of times they say, um, teachers don't like me because I'm sassy, so I'm just quiet or like, I'm not interested' because they don't talk to me like I'm a real person um and uh, with teachers, a lot of students don't think that they're just real people um they They see them as like an authority and just like this different being on the hierarchy so even for um when I was going through university, I used to see put my a pedestal, and then when I became a researcher, and started working with. Um, doctors and people at a really high level at Ryerson I was like wow you're just normal like Mm -hmm. you're 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 someone who I'm going to be and I'm not going to be someone so serious where I shut doors on people I'm going to open doors for people so a lot of times my biggest advice is just talk to people like they're normal and Mm -hmm. I think not even like i say talk to them like you're their you're their friend and i don't mean like crossing a barrier because there are boundaries Uh that have to be put up so that you're not um, over putting yourself out there and i think that's something that needs to be addressed but the way in which you talk to your friends shouldn't change the way when you're speaking to someone who's a professional. And if it does, maybe the way you talk to your friends needs to change. But you should be comfortable at always being yourself and not changing when you're in rooms. Because if you're able to have that confidence for every person you meet, you'll always be able to speak up in rooms. So that's something not only do I tell my friends and younger people, but it's just to speak up and be yourself because that will allow you to be confident. The moment i realize that i'm on the same level as everyone else i didn't really care if i'm in the room with the president of a university it's i, I think they're incredible i think the work that they're doing is incredible but i don't think you're a better person than i am and uh-huh. i think that really helps me to pre- present my ideas because they started with ideas too um, uh-huh. so it's just reinforcing the idea that we're all at the table so let's speak and just bring what we have and not try to be anybody that we're not. Um, And I think that's really important because I learn a lot more from children than I do from adults. Yeah. Um, And I will say that honestly. (laughs) That's Very impressive.
0: Yeah, and I got to say, children are so much more fun. Right. They're just so much more uniquely themselves. And again, another point articulated so beautifully. It's I think if if everybody felt like they could come to the table as the unique, genuine version of themselves, again, the world would just be a better place and we'd learn more from each other and we'd move faster. Right. So, um, yeah, very well said. I think it's uh, about that time for the lightning round questions. Are you ready? I'm a little nervous.
1: Do you have a time limit for this
0: lightning round? No, you know, when I started this, I was like, oh, yeah, the lightning round is going to be quick and you got to answer in one word. And that literally got shot out the window the first time I did it. So really, we could just follow in this same process as we've been doing. Just, you know, answer however you see fit. Um, okay, I'll try not to go on tangents, though. <laughs> one no, no. No worries. No worries. Okay. Okay. The The first question is the number one thing you do in the morning to set your day up for success is? Honestly,
1: so I have, I'm more person now that I'm working, it's challenging. So I try to eat at my kitchen table before I get dressed for anything so that I just have 10 minutes of clarity. Um, and sometimes that's putting on my family for 10 minutes, but it's just putting aside that 10 minutes of my day for me before I get thrown into the world. So that's what I've been doing. It's been eating activity, activity, of yogurt, one cup, because that actually <laughs> allows me to focus on being there for 10 minutes and then get up and the tussle. But I do think that that component is really important. I used to, and I, I'm going to get back to it this week actually. Um, but at the beginning of COVID, before COVID, I would write a journal affirmations every day. And I think that's so important. Um, i am gotten into the habit, because I didn't have my journal for a while, of just saying affirmations in my head. But I think there's something beautiful that happens when you write down.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm such a fan of journaling and just like the process of, of taking what's in your mind and bringing it out into the world as this tangible thing is actually very powerful. Um, and it, it, it there is a big difference between keeping it in your head and just putting it out there. Um, I love what you're saying about just keeping time and preserving time for yourself. It's... I think it's important to do for two reasons. One, it allows you to center and focus. But two, I think it reinforces your relationship with time and the fact that you are actually going to be the one that controls what you do with your time. I think it's easy to get caught up in the everyday activities and feel like you're just being whisked away with everything that you're doing as opposed to you actually deciding, well, I'm going to do this here, I'm going to do this here, and maybe I'm not going to do this today. I think it's uh, so important. I'm glad that you said that. All right, question number two. So one word or thing that you would say has helped you find success in your work and life?
1: Not taking things personal.
0: Mm. Yeah, let's elaborate on that one.
1: <laughs> the the time I have, actually, short answer. Um, so I feel like when you are in a where you're so passionate about something, or when you're just a passionate person like myself, it is so easy to take every single thing personal or as an attack. Um, And I'm used to working with so many different people in so many different environments. But last year, I was the president of the student union at my university. And when I started to let go of things, because there's like a newspaper, so every day there's something written about you. And a lot of it is lies and just people are looking for entertainment. So Uh when you are a public face and in the public realm, um, or just have a, a job that is accessible to the public, it's really hard to keep um, up like this angel figure of like, I'm a great person, even when you're doing great words, because every person is flawed. Um, but when I just went to work and I said, you know what, this is work. I know I'm doing good things. I need to reinforce the idea that I'm here for reason and I'm doing what I'm here for. That's enough for me the other things that are around me, the other people making mean remarks, I'm not going to take that because clearly they have a bigger issue going on in their life and they're projecting that onto me. So when I was oh. able to let that go, it was like the most freeing thing ever. Same thing. I, um, uh, my new, my new job. So I'm the, the new manager. Um, but everyone else there has been there for a while. So sometimes I'm the type of person I like to just I adapt very quickly I like to learn but when people are giving me instructions something I already know um sometimes I feel like they're trying to like baby me and I don't like Uh being spoken down to but then I was like why are you taking this personal like having this conversation with myself looking into myself and I was like oh it's actually just being really helpful um they just don't know that I know this yet So it's looking inside myself to be like, if you take things personal and you respond to something in a negative light, you're gonna also get that response back from them. So it's just controlling how I respond to situations and keeping myself always on the upper end of who I want to be, just remaining positive um, so that I'm not letting myself down and feeling like getting burnt out because i'm trying to always impress every single person um, uh. and i think that helps in relationships even with family um i, I again i have a fourth leg so we always take things personal but just applying that to our family situations our work situation it, it really does make a difference because then you can approach a situation differently like instead of being like wow you're always attacking it," like Hey, what's your why is your energy like that today? Are you feeling okay? And then um, you understand that oh, maybe this person's having a bad day. That's why they're speaking to me like that. I'm not actually the root of this problem.
0: Yeah, I think yeah, so well said. So so well said. All right, third question is a fill in the blank. Life isn't life if you're not
1: I feel like the basic answer is like living. <laughs> um, <laughs> I feel like happy like so like I just believe like we're here to achieve goals but I think people are hung up to believing that like you can only achieve like one goal you're here for one reason I think that limits I don't think I'm here for one reason Uh I think if I'm not happy doing what I love at every moment or just even the simple things like if I'm not happy cleaning why cleaning like why am I mad doing this activity Uh, Mm -hmm. Everything that I approach, I should do it with happiness. Or maybe I should just take some time to rest and not
0: do it. Uh, Mm -hmm. So, yeah,
1: I would say happiness.
0: Yeah, I love that response as well, too. And the final question. One habit that you would recommend to drop immediately that would improve the lives of other people?
1: I want to say sarcasm, but I'm guilty of it. So it doesn't... (laughs) feel right to say but I feel like sarcasm causes so many issues it's just like say what you mean <laughs> don't have it. I'm saying that because I know that my sarcasm has caused a lot of conflict and I'm always like I'm just joking but it's like just say what you mean or actually make a joke don't be sarcastic I yeah. think sarcasm if everyone drops sarcasm
0: the world would
1: be a better place
0: i love that vanessa thank you so much for your time such great points such an insightful conversation and congratulations on the new role and the work that you're doing with the kids matter movement very impressive work keep it up and uh yeah we're rooting for you and we'll always be here
1: thank you so much chris this was amazing speaking to you it definitely made my
0: day There's not much to recap here because I think Vanessa has done a fantastic job outlining what she does and how she does it. I did want to touch on something that Vanessa said that I think is extremely important and that's capacity. All too often, we find ourselves getting lost in the excitement of achieving lofty goals without taking the time to craft a strategy on how we can actually achieve those objectives. Taking a realistic look at your resources, whether that be money or time, is paramount to your success. The resources you have dictate the level of success you're able to achieve. So keep that in mind for this week. I just also want to take time to say thank you to Vanessa for her contributions for those in need. And know, Vanessa, that you always have me as a supporter in your corner. Head to our Instagram at O-T-H-C-A, that's O-T-H-C-A for more information on the Over the Hump community, and feel free to like, follow, and comment on your favorite posts. Also, don't be shy about sending a DM to let us know about what types of guests or content that you would like to see in the future. Uh, We hope that today has provided you with some tips you can use to tackle the rest of your week, so go ahead and go get it, and take care.